Welcome to the Healthy Hormones for Women podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, online nutritionist, weight loss coach, and hormone fixer-upper. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of information and inspiration, sharing with you simple and effective strategies from health, wealth, and all things personal growth. Get ready to become the master of your hormones and experience vibrant health to live a life of more power and possibility. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys are doing amazing. Can you actually believe we are four weeks into 2019? Honestly, it's crazy to me how fast time is going. And I hope that your 2019 is already off to an epic start. I am sitting here drinking my kitchen sink smoothie and an herbal mate. And if you are not familiar with herbal mate, it does have a little bit of caffeine in it. And it's a nice little boost. Like if you don't want to have caffeine, you know, and have a coffee is what I mean, but you still want a little bit of a boost. And I love herbal mate. My favorite one is from Flora and it's an organic herbal mate. It's not a loose leaf herbal mate. It is in tea bags. And the way that I love to drink it is by mixing it with a little bit of almond milk or coconut milk and just the tiniest bit of raw honey. And that is how I make my herbal mate. So it's so good. So lots, you know, hot water, of course. And then I add in like a little splash of my coconut milk and a little bit of raw honey. And I've been drinking it that way for well over 10 years. I had somebody when I was working in the health food store many years ago, I had one of the employees there, the staff, that's how she drank it. And she introduced me to it this way. And it's just delicious. And I absolutely love it. And then my kitchen sink smoothie, you can find the recipe for that over on Instagram, but it is literally just piling in all of the things. So I do coconut milk, plus some spring water, a scoop or two of the pure paleo beef vanilla protein, some frozen cherries, some frozen spinach, and some frozen cauliflower, and a little bit of almond butter or some sunflower butter, and a scoop of the Perfect Keto Matcha, the matcha with the MCT oil. It's so delicious, and it's got a little bit of stevia and sweetness to it, so it adds that nice little sweetness to the shake as well. And then I add in lots of cinnamon and lots of ginger because it is a winter time here in Toronto. And so kind of want to add in those warming spices to really just keep your body warm during the winter time. Because as as much as I love smoothies, I don't want to be freezing when I drink them. And I do put quite a bit of cinnamon and ginger. That's pretty much what I taste when I drink it. It's like a little bit of sweetness that comes from the smoothie, but I'm getting tons of fiber great fat, protein, which is so essential. So your protein, fat, and your fiber, your PFF, and then getting just this really great dose of warming herbs, which is so delicious. So that's kind of what I do. And I highly suggest adding in some cinnamon and ginger into your smoothies during the the winter months. And you can find the recipe. It's somewhere over on my Instagram feed, but you can always ask me for it. And maybe I'll just post it up on the blog if I get a lot of requests, but it's really delicious. And I use the Perfect Keto, the Matcha MCT, And you can save 15% off that product and all of their products by heading to perfectketo.com and use the coupon code holisticwellness and you guys will save. All right. So enough of my ranting. I am super excited for today's guest and I'm so glad that she can be with us today. You know how I feel about the pill and we have kind of touched on it here and there and I've definitely spoken a lot about it on my blog and on Instagram. And we have a whole how to ditch hormonal birth control e-guide and all of that on the website. 
And you know, this is just a huge topic that I love talking about. Many, many of the women, I would say like 95% of the women that I work with in my practice, they have all been on hormonal birth control at some point, and they are either dealing with issues like PCOS or having irregular cycles or struggling with infertility. And so it's such an important topic to talk about. And so Jolene Brighton, Dr. Jolene Brighton is on the show today, and we are diving into all things post-birth control syndrome. So we chat about obviously her book, which is out today. So you've got to head on over to Amazon and get your hands on her book, Beyond the Pill. I'm so excited that this information and this book is now readily available for thousands and thousands of women to get their hands on. And it's truly going to make such a huge difference on helping you to understand the effects of the birth control pill and different ways that you can support your body, whether you are remaining on the pill or transitioning off. And so we definitely dive into her book, Beyond the Pill. And, you know, we really discussed what is post-birth control syndrome and what are some of the issues that the pill causes that women really aren't told about. And so we dive into adrenal health and thyroid and inflammation as well as nutrient depletion. We talk about how the pill is impacting you know, just our overall energy and our real personal power and hormonal health. And what happens if you do want to stay on the pill? Then here are some strategies that you can implement to really support your body through that. And if you do want to come off the pill, then here are also some strategies as well. So we get into a lot of goodness into today's episode. You might hear some cats meowing at some point in the background. I got one cat talking in the background and there was another one playing with a foil ball. And so if you can hear any of that, I apologize. But that's just what happens, right? We're live when I'm doing my interviews. So so it's bound to happen. And so let's dive into today's episode with Dr. Jolene Brighton, who is a functional naturopathic medical doctor and nutritional biochemist with a focus in women's endocrine health. She is recognized as a leading expert in post-birth control syndrome and the long-term side effects associated with hormonal contraceptives. Dr. Brighton is the author of Beyond the Pill, a 30-day plan to support women on birth control, help them transition off, and eliminate symptoms of post-birth control syndrome. She is a speaker, women's health advocate, and a medical advisor for one of the first data-driven apps to offer women personalized birth control recommendations. So let's dive into today's episode with Dr. Jolene Brighton. Hi, Jolene. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here and to dive into a topic that I just love talking about, and I know you love talking about it. So before we dive into it, can you please share with our audience more about you and what you do? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me here. I really, really appreciate it, and it's good to get a chance to chat. I am a naturopathic physician who is focused in women's endocrine health, so hormones, and a leading expert in post-birth control syndrome. So I have a root cause women's medicine clinic where I have worked with my patients. Let's just give them some props to develop all of the protocols that you will find in Beyond the Pill to address birth control-related side effects, keep women safe on birth control, and then help them transition off and avoid post-birth control syndrome. That's amazing. And so your new book, Beyond the Pill, the day that this launches is the 29th, which I believe is the day your book is oh, yeah. released, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. So why did you feel compelled to write this book specifically? Oh, you know, what's really funny about this is that, you know, after spending two years in a homeless youth clinic, 
counseling women on birth control because it's a very high risk population. I had told my husband as I started my private practice, I was not going to talk about birth control anymore. Like I just wanted to refer patients out for that. I was over it. I didn't enjoy it. And then this thing happened where I got the reputation of being the doctor who believed women's birth control stories. So women would call up my practice and be like, I had an IUD place. Now I'm having anxiety. I heard that you will believe me when I say this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, if it's true for you, then it's true for you, right? Like what, what is that? And I had personally developed post-birth control syndrome. At the time though, I had no idea what was going on. My doctor did a really good job reinforcing that I was the only one it ever happened to mm-hmm. until I was in clinical practice. And I'm like, wait, majority, if not all of women struggle to come off of hormonal birth control. And so I started to document this within my clinic, started developing protocols, figuring out what was going on. And as I got deeper into the research, I was shocked at what I had done to my body for 10 years as I was on the pill and that I wasn't told any of these things. And I really should have been told that. And I, like the majority of women, started hormonal birth control for symptom management. It also had the benefit that I wouldn't get pregnant. And I'm grateful for that tool. But there's a lot of things that my doctor should have given me a heads up on. And there's a lot of things that his medical school training should have given him the heads up on. And so it really goes, I mean, it really goes all the way up to the top of how are we being trained in medical school, how to converse with patients and understand the real toll that hormonal birth control can take. So the funny thing is about all of this is I told my husband, I'd swear off. I didn't want to deal with birth control. Lo and behold, (laughs) that became a lot of my clinical work. And, you know, I'd been talking about this, writing blog articles and just mentioning, you know, things. And it wasn't until a good friend, JJ Virgin, I started talking to her about, yeah, so I need to like create a program because my practice is full with all these women with post-birth control syndrome wanting to come in. I need, and like, not everyone can come see me. And she's like, what the heck are you talking about? This was years ago. And she was like, nobody's talking about this. I'm like, well, I'm talking about it. And she's like, well, nobody's really listening to you because you're not doing it all well. <laughs> like in terms of like, <laughs> you know, now on Instagram, I have all these all these women following me. I have a reach of hundreds of thousands every week. It's really mind blowing to be a kid who grew up doing pen pals and to be like, whoa, this lady just messaged me from Germany on Instagram. And this woman from Colombia just told me that like my work totally impacted her health. And like, you know, we have this other woman who's in other part of the world, Canada, tons of Canadians, but just how phenomenal that is. And so I actually went to Harper One and I really want to shout them out because this is something not a lot of people know. We're going to share this. <laughs> so Let's do like, it. My agent is awesome. Totally was like, I love your passion. This is so unique and women need this. And I'm going to make sure that we get this book out there. And so to get a book out there, working with a publisher is like the best way to do that because man, they're good at making books. And there were all of these publishing houses lined up. And then I touched down in an airplane in New York and was met by a message of just about everybody has pulled out there's only five publishers that are willing to meet with you. And I was like, why? And she said straight up, because they don't believe that hormonal birth control really affects that many women's lives. And I was like, so that's a bunch of dudes. Okay. The thing that was really cool about it is that I went to these five publishing houses. And what I came to understand is that everyone I was meeting with was a female Titan in the industry of like, I believe in this message this needs to happen. Like women need change. And so it is a really 
incredible opportunity. And again, I wasn't, you know, people see where I'm at now and people always assume like that's the moment you arrived is the moment they stumble upon you. And I didn't have this following or any of these things, you know, that usually go or get weighed into that. And Harper One, all of them, every one of these houses said, we don't even care because this book it has to be written. It can't not be written. It must happen. And so I just want to shout out because these are incredible publishing houses to to be like, we believe in you and this message and that women deserve to have the full story about birth control and to understand their hormones. I mean, I just feel so grateful. So I hope that everybody that's like involved in this relationship is cool with me telling this story, but that's really how it came to be. (laughs) I love it. I think it's so great. And It's so great to have this amazing support system, especially from your publisher and agents to understand the importance of this message and how life-changing it's going to be. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. And so why do you feel this is a topic that isn't being discussed in mainstream Western medicine? Well, it's kind of taboo. I mean, that's the thing is that yay millennials, they're definitely picking up steam on this conversation, but it's funny because people will tag me in social media and be like, oh, you know, here's so-and-so's post about birth control. And like, we're seeing all of these stories come up and I crack up because I'm like, man, back when I started talking about this, I was the lone wolf and like the haters that I got, like, oh my God, <laughs> like the haters. I'm in such a different climate in the last five years, things have shifted so, so much because people would say to me, like, you're the anti-Margaret Sanger or you are anti-women or anti-feminist or you are anti the entire human race. I'm not even kidding. People have written me and said like, you are hurting all humans on this planet. And I'm like, because I'm asking why? And that's really what it is, is that there's been a lot of taboo where it's hormonal birth control, 100% undeniable has been a tool that has helped women graduate college at higher rates, talk all about that and be on the pill. I did it for 10 years. I'm a first generation college student. I'm super grateful to have had that tool and to be able to use it. We never advocate that women don't have access to birth control. What I'm advocating is, is that we ask what could it be doing so that we understand how to counsel that woman on an individualized level and support her and believe her when she does have those side effects. And I think, I mean, the pill was introduced to us in the 1960s. We've seen little iteration on our options and it's time that we see more. I mean, it's absolutely our right to control our reproductive health. So, you know, that's one piece of it. But the other piece is that, you know, I actually was talking with a good friend of mine and he's like, you know, what I've observed, and he's a medical doctor, is he's like, if we learned it in residency, then it's going to take a whole lot to change our mind about it. There's got to be irrefutable evidence. So if the story goes that hormonal birth control is this magic pill, it fixes every female problem. I call it the pill for every female And that that's all you have to do is put a woman on the pill and it'll take care of all of her problems. And she's out of your office in seven minutes. And you're doing her a really big favor. If that's the story that you've been told and you choose to follow it to a dogmatic fault, then you're not going to be open to having this conversation. I mean, I, I have said this before and I will keep saying it. I think for every one doctor or researcher who's out there dismissing women's stories, trying to minimize them, saying that post-birth control syndrome isn't real, that birth control-related side effects, you know, the depression, anxiety, we don't have a study to show direct causation, therefore it is not real. There's probably a thousand plus women 
with very, very consistent stories, completely independent of one another, having the same exact experience. And so I, for one, think at this point, it's undeniable they come with side effects. It's in the package insert. We need to stop bickering over, does it actually cause this? And start asking, why her and not her? Why does it happen for one woman? How can we give her better information so she can make a more informed decision for herself? What should we monitor for her? What should we be looking out for? What lab testing can we be doing? How can we be proactive in taking care of this woman who may very well go on to birth the future of the human race? That's kind of a big deal. Like just a little bit. (laughs) Huge deal. Yes. And I can totally relate. I mean, I was on the pill for a good seven or eight years, definitely had a lot of post-pill side effects. And I lost many female friendships over it as well, because once I started to learn more about the impact of the pill and was Mm -hmm. vocal about talking about it within my group of girlfriends, I will never forget being at a girlfriend's bachelorette party and we were all out for dinner and the topic of the pill came up. And that was pretty much the last night that I ever spoke to those girlfriends again. And we all just, yeah, they just thought I was crazy. So it's just so important to get this message out and for women to really understand the negative impacts. And so I want to just say, before we move on from that, That is the natural evolution and progression of these things. So for everyone listening, if you are doing your own research, you know what's true for you, you're finding this out and somebody calls you crazy, understand you are challenging the story that they are choosing to live. It doesn't have to do with you, but it's also a natural progression. And I've had to make a lot of peace with that because I've been called a lot of things to recognize that like once upon a time, if you talked about leaky gut, you were a crazy person. You were called a quack. If you gave probiotics, why are you doing that? Those gut bugs are a bunch of freeloaders. They don't do anything for you. Like fast forward 20 years and now we understand, oh, intestinal hyperpermeability is a thing. There's plenty of research on PubMed now. Understand that this is the progression. This is how things go. And the first thing is, is that if you disrupt the system, you're going to be called crazy, which is I just wanted to pay attention to that because that's something that happens to women at an alarming rate is that we are so dismissed and it's usually that it's in your head. You're just being crazy. Don't forget medicine used to call us hysterical and think our uterus wandered our body. Like, okay, we make mistakes. It happens. We can stay humble, stay curious, learn better, do better. So sorry. I just don't like that you're getting called crazy, but we all have to recognize (laughs) You're going to put yourself on the limb, people are going to call you crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I love that. So let's dive into some of the issues that the pill can cause that women really just aren't told about. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. wrote a whole book, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. You, know, you may have been told about nutrient depletions. This is something that it just depends, but most women are not told that it's depleting the vitamins. They might get told, mm, the pill can deplete folate. Therefore, you should take folate. Well, they usually say take folic acid. Folic acid right. You'll read and be on the pill why, why you don't want to do that. But they'll say take folate in case you get pregnant. But they forget that, well, folate metabolism also depends on B12 being depleted by hormonal birth control and that using folate in some processes, it's going to need magnesium also being depleted by hormonal birth control. Or that it's depleting selenium, which can directly impact thyroid function and thyroid health. Or it's depleting antioxidants, which hit your mitochondria and hit your adrenal glands. So that's just the nutrient depletion piece. And so the other thing, yeah, I mean, the other thing that when I got into the research and realized we weren't told, it's one, 
Hormonal birth control has been associated with triggering autoimmune disease. And so with that, you know, Crohn's disease is one in particular that if you have a family history of Crohn's disease, then five years or more on the pill puts you at over 300% increased risk of developing that autoimmune disease. I don't know. I think that's probably a good thing to know. And then you could ask your family if that's a thing and you can monitor your symptoms because hormonal birth control also lowers microbial diversity. It causes intestinal hyperpermeability. It can lead to yeast overgrowth in your mouth, in your gut, in your vagina. It causes pain with intercourse, vaginal atrophy. There are mood-associated side effects. We all know a friend who started hormonal birth control ended up depressed, anxiety, panic attacks. We now have epidemiological studies showing us that teenage girls are at high risk of suicide when they start hormonal birth control within those first few months. If you know that, you can monitor her and she can monitor herself. And when it comes to like things with like teenage girls and suicide, I'm like, you need a bestie who's going to be watching out for you and making sure that like, hey, if you stop wanting to hang out with us and you're dodging my calls, they're like, I'm going to call your mom. I'm going to be like, no, something's right. going on with her. Right. And then, you know, as I alluded to, like there's the impacts on adrenal and thyroid health. That's why there's an entire chapter about that in my book. And then it's inflammatory insulin dysregulation, those are all things that we're not talking enough about. But the things that do usually get mentioned is the risk of breast cancer and other cancers that's usually quickly dismissed by saying, well, it lowers the risk of other cancers. And it's like, yeah, but it's still a conversation. Or they'll say, oh, it's minimal. The breast cancer risk is minimal. Okay, but we are talking about cancer. We're not talking about acne. It gets a little more weight because it's cancer. And then the other thing is like stroke and heart attack risk, which is also often dismissed. I've had 19-year-olds, I've had 20-somethings in my office who've had a stroke, who've had a clot in their leg, who've had a pulmonary embolism in their lungs. This can and does happen. The hormonal birth control can absolutely kill. And the biggest disservice is to say, well, it's minimal. Don't worry about it. You're healthy. When we know a lot right now, we could do lab testing and know like what is that risk. We could ask about her family history. We could tell her what to monitor and what to look out for so that that's not something that has to be part of her future of health. So there's a lot of things going on with hormonal birth control. And when I got into the research and started looking at this, that's what I was like, you know, anybody listening right now, I, if I did my job right and be on the pill, you won't feel fearful. You'll have solutions and answers. You'll never feel ashamed or like you did something wrong. And I really came at it from my own personal experience that when I started to find all this information, I had a lot of regret. I had moments where I was like, you messed up your whole body. Maybe this Hashimoto's is because of that, and maybe this and that. And it came to the place where I was like, well, that's not serving anybody. That doesn't really help at all. And then recognizing, like, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would still have used hormonal birth control of some kind because I wanted to be a doctor. And that was important to me. And I didn't understand fertility awareness method then. We didn't have femtech devices then. Like, so it was a different stage. And I think it's always really easy for us to learn new information and then judge our past self. But judging where you've been has never served you and where you're going. So let it go. Totally. And I can, again, relate there. You know, I have Hashimoto's myself and how many times I've been like, oh my God, eight years of using the pill and even doing my genetic test and really understanding more about my sort of native body and my hormonal sort of blueprint and how the pill impacted that. It was like, oh my God, I totally messed this up. But yeah, it's not the way to look at it. 
(laughs) So all of these sort of symptoms and these issues with adrenal health and thyroid and inflammation, this is really what you're referring to as post-birth control syndrome. Because I feel like a lot of women aren't familiar with that term post-birth control syndrome. So I know that your book addresses supporting women while they're on the birth control pill, as well as helping them to transition off and then to eliminate symptoms of post-birth control syndrome. So is this really what you mean by post-birth control syndrome? I'm, yeah, yeah well, go for it. <laughs> sorry, people don't know we can see each other. I know. Yeah. So, you know, when you understand all of the systems that hormonal birth control impacts, it's not that hard to see that when we say syndrome in medicine, let me explain this. When we say syndrome, we mean a collection of signs and symptoms that go together. And so if you understand hormonal birth control impacts all of these systems, then you can understand how when you come off of it, you may end up with new mood symptoms. You may have acne. You might have hair loss. You might have digestive issues. You might feel brain fog, fatigue, dry skin. You might be constipated. It can show up in a lot of ways. And what's tricky, two things that are really tricky about post-birth control syndrome. So one is if you've never been on hormonal birth control, don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> you don't have post-birth control syndrome. That's one factor. But let me give you the two things that are tricky. One is the signs and symptoms tend to come up about four to six months after stopping hormonal birth control. For some women, it's much sooner. But on average, we're going to see it four to six months. Ladies understand that's an average, just like the average period is 28 days, you know, comes every 28 days. It doesn't have to be true for you. Right. Now, it's tricky because doctors will look at that and say, well, it's been six months since you came off of birth control. Therefore, it can't be related. And for some women, it starts off really mild and subtle. And women are so good at powering through their symptoms. Like those memes about the man cold, so true. So true. <laughs> women will just be like bulldozer, plow through. I will handle it until they can't. And some things that's two years later or five years later. And when you get into their timeline, they're like, oh yeah, I came off of birth control. These things kind of started, but then it's really got that like five years later. And their doctor will be like, well, there's no way that can be related. And it's like, well, you didn't address the underlying issues that were causing those symptoms to present in the first place. So it was left to progress. Now, the other thing, the second thing that makes it tricky is that most doctors believe that your reproductive health is exclusively your reproductive health and that there's no impact in terms of any other systems going on. So if you're not familiar with this, this is how it goes in medicine. If you've got a lady problem or you've got lady hormone problems, by the way, all of us have these hormones, men and women, but you go to the gynecologist. And if you have a thyroid issue or you have adrenal issue or insulin issue, you go to the endocrinologist. And if you have a gut issue, that's the gastroenterologist. And so it just keeps going like that where everything's compartmentalized. And so they'll think, okay, well, you were taking hormonal birth control, but your periods came back. So you're fine. Like this isn't related. And it's like, well, I'm actually having like gallbladder issues and like liver detox is impacted and gut issues. And that's very much related to your hormones. And yet it just won't be recognized. Or you go to the endocrinologist and let's say we mentioned Hashimoto's and you have Hashimoto's and they'll never talk about hormonal birth control. That's not their arena. And so that's the other part that can make it tricky. The timing of it and the misunderstanding that your body don't care how you want to split it up. It is all connected. Right. I totally don't mean to go off topic, but am I literally seeing the Eiffel Tower? Yeah, like, that's, that's all lighting up and sparkling. It's just crazy. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> that's actually why, if you notice, I shifted and moved my head. Yeah. I noticed what time it was. So beautiful. And, um, I am. If anybody follows me on Instagram, 
someone actually said, you're sickly sweet with the gratitude. Like you're so grateful that it's like, it's almost too much sometimes. And I'm like, well, if you came from the kind of life that I've had, and if you read the research about how good gratitude is for your health, you would totally be the same. But every hour it does that. Oh, sparkly, sparkly. It's so pretty. Well, what an awesome view you've got. I know it was this, we ended up in Paris because my son well, we came here for vacation. Then he got super sick and we just needed an apartment. I was like, it's Friday. I have to be in a place by Wednesday. It was December in Paris. Talking about the most expensive Airbnb time that exists. For- oh my gosh. <laughs> the cheapest way we could do it is get an apartment. And I needed to be near the children's hospital. This place comes up. It's on the second floor, which in Paris is right above the shops. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. I'll smell like delicious food. That's yeah. great. Pastries. And then we got here and they pushed the button for the sixth floor. And to my husband, I was like, something's wrong. They have the wrong people. What's happening here? And then we got to the top and it was like, there's a view of the Eiffel Tower. And I was like, okay, thanks universe. You kicked me down. Then you kicked me in the face while I was down. But at least you threw me the Eiffel Tower. But I know people are like, how did you score that apartment? The criteria was near the children's hospital, be in there within three business days. Thank you, universe. That's all I can say. Yes, yes. You fully got supported on that. Lots of divine timing around that one. That's amazing. And you've been sharing so openly and honestly on Instagram about your journey with like your family and the move and everything and how you've been handling it all. It's it's really inspiring. <laughs> or not handling it. There are definitely moments where I've been like, I'm not crying as much. Oh, no, I was crying this morning. Yeah, I was definitely crying this morning. I lie. I was crying, but I wasn't crying on Instagram. But there were like, man, yeah, there were days when all this was first going on and we couldn't even get ahead of it that I was just like full on ugly crying on Instagram and just being like, you know what? Because at first I was trying to hide some of it and keep it private. And then I was like, that's exhausting for me. And it's also not serving anyone else to see the highlight reel. And I've never been a highlight real person, but with my kid, it was just something that was very, very sensitive. But I realized one in 200 kids have pans or pandas. They're getting misdiagnosed and being put on psychiatric meds and moms are struggling for years. And the longer it goes on, the more issues there are. We've actually been given an opportunity to serve. Our family can talk about this. Ironically enough, pandas and pans is also something that doctors say is not real. And then they put these kids on a bunch of psych meds or hospitalize them and take them away from their parents and none of it works right. instead of just acknowledging the root cause. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know, a few of my friends have pointed out that it's kind of funny that you're talking about post-birth control syndrome and everybody's like, it's not real. And now your son has this condition that they're like, oh, it's not real. And I'm like, mm, it is real. You live it. Like, that's the thing is until you live it, just shut up. You don't know. You don't know. It's not real. For sure. And again, how many times have like, has medicine said something's not real and been wrong about something? Recognize that. That's why I will never come around pretending that we've got everything 100% figured out. That would be so boring. Like, that would be the worst. I mean, most of us are in medicine because we're like super, super curious people who want to keep learning. Absolutely. Well, you're handling it all with such grace and I really admire it. And I know that definitely behind the scenes, there's going to be tons of up and downs you're going through, but I, I really acknowledge you for sharing it and being so open. Cause I know you're going to also help so many women who are dealing with it as well with, you know, well, thank you I appreciate and whatnot. That. So, so thanks for that. Okay. So hopping back on to the birth control pill. 
I know that there are women definitely listening to this thinking, oh my God, I do not want to give up the pill right now. So Mm -hmm. what are some strategies that women can really implement if they choose to stay on the pill currently? Yeah. So number one is your diet's non-negotiable. You can't be 17-year-old Dr. Brighton who was driving through fast food windows. Like, don't be doing that. <laughs> and I'm not plate shaming you. I'm just saying that you've got to have good nutrient-dense foods coming in. You need protein. The amino acids help your liver detoxify, help you rebuild tissues. You need healthy fats so that you can nourish your brain. You can drop inflammation with those and you can still be giving the building blocks to the other hormones. And then certainly plants. How many plants can you eat in a day? Can you double that? as many plants as possible. I mean, those are always winning in the research, but you want to, you know, really be focusing too. When I say plants on like leafy greens, cruciferous vegetables, making sure like if you're eating carbohydrates, we all eat carbohydrates. Let me just say where I was going with that. I'm like, it might be confusing if I don't really clarify that piece. So If you're somebody who requires higher carbohydrates in your diet, I often recommend women go more with plant-based. And the reason for that is because like when you eat a sweet potato, you're getting fiber. Your microbiome loves that. You're also getting vitamin A depleted by hormonal birth control. You're getting all kinds of nutrients and it's much more nutrient dense than most of the grains that you're going to consume. And so that's not to say that grains are the devil or anything like that. It's just to say that you really want to look at every opportunity to fill your plate with nutrient-dense foods. Now, that all being said, you really can't out-diet hormonal birth control because those nutrient depletions are so vast. And our food supply, it's not as good as it used to be. Like we can't, Mm -hmm. magnesium's hard to come by. So getting a good multivitamin or prenatal going can absolutely be a game changer for so many women. It's going to help you feel energized. You'll have better hair, skin, and nails, and it'll undo some of those nutrient depletions happening. Now, the other thing is that hormonal birth control is going to wreck that microbiome. And your microbiome is everything when it comes to health. So feeding it, again, those plants, that's where the plants come into play. Having a variety of root vegetables coming through. By the way, no, those cruciferous vegetables are not going to ruin your thyroid. Um, (laughs) I I just want to say that because women will say that to me. They're like, why don't I eat goitrogen? Like, I don't want to eat broccoli because it has goitrogens and that'll hurt my thyroid, but you're taking the pill. Like you do recognize you're taking a pill like that, that is doing that. But with that, you're cooking them. It's going to be fine. You're going to require a ridiculous amount of cruciferous vegetables. Like, so with Graves disease, which is a hyperthyroid condition, right. we will sometimes use cruciferous vegetables as a way to try to downregulate the thyroid function. That's like one piece of that whole treatment. And that's something where it's like, can you eat like 10 cups of raw broccoli? Like it's a lot, it's a lot, but you want to be eating those cruciferous vegetables and then those root vegetables. And I'm not talking about just like white potatoes and talking about things like rutabagas and turnips and Jerusalem artichoke. And like all of these are not Jerusalem artichoke. That's where I was going to go next. Celery root. <laughs> Love celery root. But yeah, and things like burdock root, all of that is giving variety of fiber to your microbiome, which is going to help fuel it. Plus, those also have the benefits you know, of helping with the detox pathways. Now, that's another piece. So you're probably going to need probiotics um, as well, because if anything's cutting down your microbiome count, you got to be repopulating it. I usually use a spore-based probiotic in that situation. Now, hormonal birth control is super rough on the liver in terms of it causes structural and genetic alterations to the liver. And your liver is responsible for detoxing that hormone. And here's what you have to understand. You're taking a high enough dose of hormones, it's strong enough to shut down how your brain talks to your ovaries. That is after it passes through your liver. So there's something called first pass that 
And so this is why like bioidentical oral estrogen is dangerous, topical, not so much because the dose is so much lower. So with the oral estrogens, you have to go a high enough dose that it passes through your liver and it still works. Like it still like shuts down your reproductive system. So if you know that, then you can understand that that liver is going to need additional support, which is where those cruciferous vegetables come in. But it is something that if women stay on hormonal birth control, I often recommend they put themselves through like a two-week detox using physician-grade supplements as well, because those are going to be loaded in antioxidants and a lot of the things that not only the liver needs, but your entire body needs and are being depleted by the pill. So doing that every three to four months, just as a, a reset, I have found that when women are doing that, so we'll have them do that in my practice, coming off is so much easier. And in addition to that, their blood markers look a lot better. We've measured this and been like, wow, things look a lot better because your your liver is everything in this whole system. Right. And then I'd say, monitor your symptoms. Beyond the pill, I go through, hey, if any of this doesn't feel right to you, or here's the big, big things to look out for, if you get that little voice that says, mm, maybe this isn't the best decision, maybe something's not right, that's not your brain talking. That's your entire being aligning and your body coming together every single system to say, we need to do something different here. And it's worth honoring. And at the moment that you have that, because what can happen is you start to have mood symptoms, for example, and you're like, mm, something's not right. Is it my birth control? And then you let it go. And then two years later, you're in the doctor's office, you have extreme depression or anxiety. And your doctor's like, well, if it was birth control, it would have happened by now. So obviously it's not that. Here's another medication. And, and then you start feeling like it's you and something's wrong with you instead of really addressing like, well, what else could be contributing to this? What else could be going on? And how can we really impact that? So in my book, I go through every single system, hormonal birth control impacts. There is decoder ring chapter is what I call it, which is here's all the reasons we get put on hormonal birth control for symptoms and what you can do instead and what labs your doctor can test and what might be causing it. So I mean, really, if you have hormones, you're going to want to get this book <laughs> because I'm going to teach you like all of the ways to really keep those hormones in check, stay healthy. And I wrote it so that you can come back to it and you can reference it again because life is not static. Things will happen. You might find yourself with a inflamed brain, neuropsychiatric child who suddenly regressed overnight living in Paris where you don't speak the language. You want to know how to handle that with your hormones. And it's funny. There's so many people that are like, can you just write the protocol that you're doing that like you're still having energy and doing all totally. that Totally. What is yeah. that? I know. I'm like, yeah, when things hit the fan, like what's that protocol? But maybe in the future. <laughs> so, but Next you know, book. that's something that's like, I couldn't have predicted this. I never saw this coming. How much of life happens and you never saw it coming and then it impacts your period. So we're talking right now. It's January, 2019. Women are about to have the worst periods this year. It's going to happen now in February because they went through November and December yes. where there was more sugar, more alcohol, more stress, totally. more of everything, less sleep, less like, vegetables, like all of that kind of stuff. And then it impacts their period like a month or so later. And so to be able to have those solutions to go back and be like, okay, how can I troubleshoot this? And like, how can I feel better right now and work on that root cause? I love it. And so on the flip side, for women who are ready to come off the pill, do you recommend 
obviously, still having the diet in place and these nutrients in place? Or is there something else that needs to be implemented to really start healing your body and your hormones post pill? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so there's a whole protocol in my book around this. And so in my book, you're going to get, so there's five steps in the Brighton protocol. And one of them is your hormone imbalance, because there's a lot of people out there that are like, they want to treat everything as if it's one size fits all. And my right. publisher had a really good time with me being like, this is a choose your own adventure book. That's what we're doing here of like, okay, what's your hormone imbalance? Is estrogen the troublemaker? Is cortisol the troublemaker? Like one of those or two of those will be the main ones that you really have to focus in and dial in on. Then as soon as you take that quiz, it'll be like, jump to these pages, read this. This is what to do. I mean, if you're estrogen dominant, you don't have time to read a whole book before like you're throwing the book across the room. Like that's what's going (laughs) to happen. You've got to get those solutions in right away. And so I take women through like what to do as they come off of birth control. And I even guide them of, okay, if you had symptoms before, if you have these conditions and, you know, what to consider before you come off, step one is always have your backup birth control method. Because just because you can get pregnant or you want to, don't do it. Don't do it. And read the libido and fertility chapter in the book, and you'll know exactly why I'm saying that right now. And so, you know, there's considerations of how should you come off of it? When should you come off of it? And then how long will you need to continue doing these things? And so the first 30 days is testing what's true for you so you can understand how to really dial it in even further and individualize it. And then you're going to continue it on. And the real talk is, this is the other thing that people love to make promises where it's like, you just do this thing and like two weeks, everything's better. In two weeks, you're going to feel better. Like I will tell you that. But the reality is, is that for as long as you're on hormonal birth control, you're shutting down an entire system in your body. So if you were like me, you did 10 years, you can expect it's going to take a good 10 months of serious TLC to turn that ship around. These are natural therapies therapies working with your body. Pharmaceuticals, so glad we have them, but they strong arm your body into submission. It's not working with your body. And really my goal is, is that you don't have to work so hard to feel amazing with this. So those are some things to keep in mind with that. There's a whole meal plan recipes in there. Mm-hmm. I take you through moon cycling and seed cycling and what are the best supplements and lifestyle therapies for these particular hormone issues, not just everybody do all the things all the time. It's like, okay, what exactly can help you with these particular issues? Oh, that's incredible. I can't wait to get my hands on your physical copy. And I know it's on the way. And so I'm super excited for it. I know you also have a lot of amazing book bonuses as well. Tell oh, us yeah. about those. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited for these. This was a big thing of like, so real talk, you guys you write a book and then you find out you also have to like be the marketer of the book and you have to put it out there. And I was like, okay, I got this. I can talk a lot. I will just go and I will talk all the places I can do this. And then your kid gets super, super sick. It's like, okay, none of those plans are going to work. And my community just came out by the thousands and bought the book and supported it that I was like, okay, I and like really just feeling for the situation I was in. I was just so moved that I made these, I call them the gratitude gifts of here's my way of like, you all pre-ordered the book. You're having to wait until January 29th for this to come out. So what do you need right now? So number one was a lab guide. Know what testing to get done right now. If you're hearing me talk about all of this, we've got a whole lab guide for you that you can take to your doctor or I worked with a lab so you can get direct access to your labs. Cause I think that's something that's really important to have your data. 
there is a nutrient depletions guide. So if you stay on hormonal birth control, what foods do you need to eat to replenish those nutrients? What supplements might you want to consider? Then there are more recipes. So you can start eating right now and then you'll get even more when Beyond the Pill comes. There's a green cleaning guide. So you know I talk a lot about environmental toxins. So I give you the couple of products that I personally use and that I know the company owners that I really support. And then there's five bonus interviews. So when I turned in this manuscript, I was contracted for 65,000 words. I gave them 100,000 words. And so when I turned in this manuscript, wow. obviously, we had to cut it down because you have to be able to hold the book. So with that, I looked at, okay, what do I really want to have women know that I feel like I didn't get to deep dive in this book? Maybe it's another book. And so I brought in five different experts, one of which is Dr. Joan Rosenberg, who I love. I call her my Yoda. Like, ladies... She like Yoda. She's wise. <laughs> and um, he does a whole reframe on anxiety, something that's very, very commonly affects women. And she does a whole reframe. And she's a psychologist, so totally her stomping ground. I, I couldn't do this service to the psychologist standpoint because I'm not one in my book. So I brought her in for that as well. And then there's a whole essential oils class module. And then we also have like how to talk to teenage girls about birth control and about their hormones and their periods, how to practice self-care. So you get a lot of self-care stuff and beyond the pill. But I was also like, some women are audio visual learners. So I wanted right. to have some variety with that and really reinforce it. And then there's a whole video interview with Dr. Sean Tasson, who is a leading expert in Isher removal, which is a contraceptive device. So he's quoted in my book, it's a contraceptive device that when we recorded this interview was still on the market, the FDA has now shut it down. So definitely want to check out that interview because he said some really cool stuff before even the FDA was getting involved. So yeah, I'm really excited for those. You can get those at beyondthepillbook.com and they totally complement the book and go with it. And yeah, I'm just really excited that we have all of these resources to provide for women to help them really... 2019 is where we take back our bodies and we take back our health. And that's where every woman learns how to make the best decision for her and feel that she had the information to know it was the best decision for her and get supported no matter what it is. And so if you're hearing that and you're meeting with anybody who's dismissing you or acting like they know your body better than you, like, mm -hmm. look, real talk, if you are going to have a stroke, like your doctor's going to be like, you have to get off of this. I do know this better. But for the most part, when it comes to your health, you live in your body. You know it better than anyone else. So don't let people dismiss your symptoms. Totally. Well, your bonuses sound amazing. You are hooking us up with lots of goodies. <laughs> so before I let you go, I have a few other questions. You definitely yeah. touched on it regarding fertility. Mm. And you were telling women to wait. And this is a question I get all of the time. So I'm curious your thoughts on this for women who come off of the pill and they do get their cycle back, no problem, but then they dive right into conceiving. Mm. What are the issues that arise here? All right. First thing, if you did this, just take a breath, maybe fast forward if you don't want to hear it, but I do think you should hear it. So we're not shaming or judging anybody. I want to say that because again, don't, you don't judge yourself from your past that will not move you forward. So here's right. the thing. And I go into this in my book and I really try to present what we do know because the story goes in medicine that hormonal birth control, you just come off and you get pregnant. And we all know someone that happened to, 
But right. it's not true for a lot of women. In fact, there's studies that say that like it could take 18 months or more for your period to come back for your, to ovulate again. So with that in mind, if you are like 38 and you know you want to have a baby soon, you're probably going to want to come off sooner. But the trouble is, is if you come off and you get pregnant right away, we've got a few things. I see your cat trying. Yeah, my cats are like (laughs) up on top of the bookshelf. You probably heard them crying in the background, just doing their own thing. I saw this like tail earlier, but then I just saw you look up and I'm like, I grew up with cats and I'm like, oh, never trust a cat behind you. You never know. You've got hair. You flip your hair. They're on it. They're like, woohoo. Totally. Cool. So sorry. All good. It's all good. Took a little tangent there. So yeah, with getting pregnant right away. So a few things is is that you're nutrient depleted if you're on hormonal birth control. So as you come off of it, if you get pregnant right away, if you enter into pregnancy nutrient depleted, then it's really an uphill struggle. Like it's very hard to get those nutrient stores back up, and that can lend itself to issues with baby for sure. By the time you know you're pregnant, you already needed fully. Well, that's one of those vitamins that we said that birth control depletes. Right. Now, the other issue with it is that hormonal birth control can cause issues with insulin dysregulation, blood sugar, it's inflammatory, those kinds of things. If you have those going on aside from birth control, those can put you at a higher risk for miscarriage or infertility. So we want to keep that in mind. But one of the biggest things. So, well, let me also say that your microbiome becomes baby's microbiome and that right. sets the stage for baby's entire lifetime of immune health. If you already had a baby, you got two years to start correcting that in the first two years of life before it's solidified. But the really troubling thing was that in 2018, a study came out and showed that women who get pregnant within six months of coming off of hormonal birth control, their babies are at an increased risk of childhood cancer. Now, that's something that should make us all pause. That if you're on a contraceptive of any kind that has the ability to do that, and yet with typical use, it's only 91% effective, although we're told it's 99% effective, but right. in reality, the way we use it, it's got a 9% failure rate. Like This is something very concerning, and I'm really glad that these researchers did this study Some people came out and said, well, it's only mild increased risk and you shouldn't be scaring women out of having babies. And it always comes down to like, it's okay to scare women into doing what you want them to do. But in terms of like raising fear because they might start questioning things, like that's not okay. We need to just drop the fear. I mean, that's really the reality. We can't be making fear-based decisions. But I'm really glad that research study came out because I think it really has opened the doors to asking more questions about birth control and understanding the impact. And so in my book, I talk more about that study. I talk about what you can do to safeguard your fertility while you're on hormonal birth control, what tests not to let your doctor do while you're on birth control, because they will mess with your mind and you will think you're infertile and your thoughts are very, very powerful it's just because you're on birth control and they should look that way. (laughs) So keep that in mind. And, you know, it's also something that I think we just need to be questioning again, why is it a mild increased risk? And is it truly mild in certain populations or are certain populations at higher risk? And we're talking, we're talking babies' lives here. So I think it's a very, very important study to have done. It made a lot of people uncomfortable, but it's such a necessary part of this birth control story. Yeah, I'm really glad you address it in the book. And I know that that section in particular, there's so many women I can think of off the top of my head right now that just need to go directly to that chapter in your book and just read that. So thanks so much for sharing that. And so what are your recommended alternatives to hormonal birth control? 
So chapter 13 is going to give you all of the non-hormonal birth control options. For me, I don't see it as my place to tell women what contraceptive to use. This is very individualized. And I have patients that I go through this. So I actually don't prescribe birth control anymore because nobody comes to me for that. So this is something that I like said a couple years ago. And then somebody was like, oh my God, she doesn't even prescribe birth control because she's so against it. I'm like, no, it's just that like everybody comes to me because they're having side effects or they want to get off. Like that's my practice. Like, so so that's how it goes. You know, but with that, I do have patients who are like, I talked to my gynecologist, we're going to get an IUD place. Like it's going to be a Marina or one of those. And this is what I feel is right for me. Okay, great. Let's get your lab testing. Let's measure your data. What are your periods like now? What are all your symptoms? Let's go through all your systems. Let's monitor. Let's retest in about six months. Let's see where things are at. And that's really, you know, the way I want to see the relationship with female patients going is that we give her all the information. So imagine this, you and I are having this conversation. There are women right now who are listening to this who are like, oh my God, my mind is blown about birth control. Totally. And then you're one of my patients and you still choose to use birth control. That's something that like, because you feel like that's the best thing for you. Like you have all that information. So how can we support you in that? And how can we make sure you're safe and how can we make sure it's working for you? But, you know, to your point about like, what are the non-hormonal options we have? Well, we always have fertility awareness method. That is your own data. Pop in a thermometer in your mouth the minute you wake up, measuring your basal body temperature. You can do this. You can paper chart it. You can put it in an app. You can plug it in to one of the femtech devices that are out there. You know, 2018 was big. We saw the FDA approve natural cycles as the first ever digital thermometer to be considered a contraceptive device. It still blows my mind that that ever happened. But you know, there's also barrier methods, right? If you're not in a monogamous relationship, even my patients who are in monogamous relationships, I still recommend having regular screening for STI, sexually transmitted infections. And people hate that conversation. Like they do. And if you hate it right now, that's fine. I recommend that you get regular STI testing and then consider using barrier methods. And, you know, my story, it's not unique. And that's what's really bums me out is patients that we've tested and we like, we can't find the infection. You've got autoimmune disease, what's going on? And they have a silent case of sexually transmitted infection that's actually caused scarring in their fallopian tubes, which is then leading to infertility. And that's why if you understand that, then you can understand like testing is really important, but Barrier methods, just because you're on the pill, you need to definitely use a condom if you are at risk of contracting something. And then, you know, there's things like cervical cap. I'm not a huge fan because of the failure rate with those, but like women will weigh it for themselves and be like, well, I'm okay if I get pregnant. I think the, you know, with cervical cap versus, and you read this in my book versus fertility awareness method. And I love when doctors are like, oh, you know, we call fertility awareness method. And I always jump in and say the rhythm method, because you don't know. They will always say like, oh, you know, see you when you're pregnant or they they make some kind of joke. And it's like, that's an assumption that women are too dumb to understand the body that they were born into and walking around in. So can we just stop with that? I find it very offensive when I hear that. But, you know, with uh, the typical use of fertility awareness method, it still seems to do better than cervical cap, as you'll read in the book. But, like, it's totally up to you as well. And then, you know, there's the copper IUD. Works for some women, not all women. There's contraceptive gels coming out. We're seeing new iterations on, you know, some of these different technologies, which I think is really exciting to see in women's medicine for us to have those options. And so in Chapter 13, I will take you through 
here's the options, things to consider, the pros, the cons, and what you might want to choose for yourself. And then with a book, you're going to know what data you should be measuring, monitoring, and lab testing to get done so that you can be sure that that's the best choice for you. I love that. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today. If you could offer women one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would that be? I think get comfortable with the uncomfortable. That's what I would say is get comfortable with the uncomfortable because there's a lot of symptoms that are uncomfortable. And that's not to say like, oh, just live with them. It's to say, stay with them try to be curious, figure out what's going on with that. And I will also say that as somebody right now who is going through some personal hell, watching your kid be sick is like the worst thing. I thought I met the worst things before. And then the universe is like, you're not there yet with your lessons. Got you. (laughs) Come on, let's, let's work on this. But to recognize that in those places where we feel so uncomfortable and sometimes rock bottom is where the most incredible wisdom comes from. And it becomes an opportunity for you to take a step, just one step closer towards the person that you really are meant to be in this lifetime and and to get what you came for in this lifetime. Well, that's really, really beautiful. And I know your book is going to help so many women and it's going to help women just grow more into their personal power, which is so incredible. So thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing and for being here with us today. And I really acknowledge you for all of it. And I'm so excited to get my hands on your book. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity to speak with all of your people and for the work that you're doing, because the change we need in women's medicine, it's going to come from the collective, like all of us. And even the women listening right now, Taking charge of your own body, healing yourself, doing better for yourself, it's going to affect everybody in your life. And then we need to keep demanding that medicine does better for us. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing because it's really creating change where we need it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And also, it's so important that we share how our stories are not unique, right? And it's through sharing our stories that it's going to allow other women to come forward and share their stories. And that's how we're going to create a huge movement here. So, so thank you for that. Yes. So I'm going to share all for your people. They should know that on my YouTube channel, there's you sharing your birth control story that we have up there. And I really appreciated that. It's, Oh yeah. That's a good one. You guys, we talk about, can I get pregnant any time of the month? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for that. I'm going to put the link to that into the show notes, as well as the link to grab all your book bonuses, which is beyondthepillbook.com. And you're hanging out on Instagram at Dr. Jolene Brighton. And yeah, tell us a bit about Instagram. That's kind of like where you love to hang out on social media. I'm assuming. I love Instagram. But you know, it started with the scrolling through and seeing food. <laughs> I, <laughs> love <me> food. <laughs> I love pretty pictures. And then I like tried to take pictures of food and I was like, no, my food is healthy, but I'm not going to spend six hours making it look pretty. I got a kid. I do love Instagram because I can connect with people on the stories. It's a really easy way for me. You know, people send me questions. I get to, I get an opportunity to teach everyone through doing those videos. I try to, you know, with my posts, sometimes we laugh, sometimes we just have funny things, but for the most part, I try to offer something of value that really help women understand their bodies more, understand what's being said in the research, and also just get some quick wins and tips in their day. And it's, like I said, you know, I was in, I'm a child of the 80s and I didn't even have a computer until I was like 21. And to have women who 
you know, write to me and reach out. And just the things they say of, you get these comments of like, wow, I followed what you said in this post. And like, my period's the easiest it's ever been. And I'm like, from an Instagram post? I know. Amazing. I love it. I love hearing that stuff like that. I know. So yeah, I hang out on Instagram quite a bit. That's my platform of choice. And I'm on Facebook as well, but I don't love Facebook like I love Instagram. I don't know about you. Do you have a preference? I'm all about Instagram. And it mainly is just the same thing as you. It started with the food and food photography, which I love. And Mm -hmm. so if you go through my feed, it's just full of food and then hormones. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I love it there. So I will definitely share the link to all of that in our show notes. Everyone can go follow you over on Instagram at Dr. Jolene Brighton and on Facebook and your website, drbrighton.com and grab your book bonuses. And your book is officially released today. So head on to Amazon (laughs) and grab your copy. How exciting. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm sure this is the first of many conversations. So thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Okay. What an amazing episode with Dr. Jolene Brighton. She is just such an awesome woman. I love, love, love her. And you guys are going to love following her over on Instagram at Dr. Jolene Brighton. If you have further questions, don't hesitate to connect with us over on Instagram at Holistic Wellness Foodie, or of course at Dr. Jolene Brighton. And let's continue the conversation there. Jolene's book, Beyond the Pill, is available today. So be sure to grab your copy and you can scoop up all your book bonuses at beyondthepillbook.com. All of today's show notes will be available over at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 46. So if you're looking for any of the links or anything that we mentioned in today's episode, don't hesitate to go there. The link again is holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 46. And of course, we love your ratings and your reviews. And if you take a screenshot of your review and send that over to info at holisticwellness.ca, we will hook you up with our free three-day hormone balancing meal plan. So you can leave us a rating or review over on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to us. We really appreciate it and your support and it helps us to grow and to get messages like this about post-birth control syndrome out into the world and to really support and you know love on more women so that they can take better control of their hormonal health. So thank you everybody for being with us today. Looking forward to continuing this conversation over on Instagram and I will chat with you all next week.